thank you for watching this week's message. If you have questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer needs, do not hesitate to connect with us on Facebook at First Assembly Meridian or on Instagram and Twitter at fam underscore meridian. If you would like information about service times, small groups, or anything else, head over to our website, firstassemblymeridian.com. We pray this message will encourage and challenge you to be all God has created you to be. Praise God. I've got some statistics that just may shock you, and, and I hope that you're ready for this, and I'm glad that you're seated. You know, all the shootings that are going on, and the killings, and the wars, and the people that are dying, and, and the earthquakes, and the tornadoes, all the bad stuff in this world, statistics show that 100% of you in this room, just each and every one of you in this room, and 100, from year, 100 years from now, you're not going to be here. You're not going to be here. You're going to be in the grave. You're going to be in the grave. Your body is going to be dead in the grave, right? That little grandbaby that I love, and she came up to me this morning just running, Papa D, Papa D, wait. And I thought, man, I just love that little girl. She's just the most beautiful little grandbaby in the whole world. I think so, and you should think that about your uh, grandbaby. You know, 200 years from now, she'll be gone from this earth. And I'll probably not be remembered as Papa D anymore. I may, I guess, in heaven. I may, you know, who knows, I may write a book, or if I write a song, may be remembered, but who knows? I don't know if I'll be remembered 200 years from now. Really encouraging this morning, huh? Well, do you have stories that you know about anybody in your family 200 years back that's been kept alive? My dad, I was talking to him the other day and just kind of um, making sure that I got this story right. He tells of a story of an uncle, my uncle Trav, that he didn't have a grandfather. And the reason he didn't have a grandfather because of Sherman and the Union troops, they came through and they burned their house down. They killed the pet rooster, milked and killed, and killed the cow, and ate it for dinner and killed Uncle Trav's grandfather. Kind of makes me a little bit upset just thinking about it. But that wasn't 200 years ago. A hundred years from now, you know, the only thing that's going to matter, the only thing that is going to matter at all is if you were faithful to God, to what God has called you to. If you were obedient unto Him, unto His plan, and unto His desire. You know, at the end of your life, if you're not born again, and I hope you are before the end of this message, but if you're not born again, we know that you're going to stand before the white throne judgment, and you're going to hell if you've rejected Christ. Now, for the ones that are born again, the ones that are saved and know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of their life, they're going to stand before the throne of Jesus. And Jesus, he's going to weigh out your works. And the works that you've done for him or the things that you've done for him, they're going to be gold and they're, they're going to be rewards and there's going to be things that are given out for you in heaven. You know, I think a lot of people think, well, when heaven is just going to be like, we're just going to, you know, kind of be floating on clouds and, and uh, nothing's going to be happening. But there's still responsibilities that are going to be taking place in heaven. 
there's still uh, there are things that you're going to be given in heaven. And the things that you are given in heaven and the, and the responsibilities that you have in heaven have to do with what you're doing and what I am doing down here on this earth. And if the, the works that we're doing for him, like I said, they're going to last forever and ever and ever. But the things that I don't really do for him are not going to last. Each one has a call. Each one has a purpose and a plan. God has a plan for each one in this place. You know, if you're a truck driver and you are supposed to be a pastor, God is going to say, why were you not a pastor? But if you are a pastor and you're supposed to be a truck driver, he is going to say, why were you not a pastor? All the works that you do are going to be tested. My works are going to be tested by fire. When we stand before the, before the throne, it's not going to matter if I won a triathlon or if I made, a, made truckloads of money. You know, it's not going to matter uh, any of those things. Man, I just bought a big, nice-looking four-wheel drive. Man, it's sharp. It's nice. Man, I caught an eight-pound bass the other day. Man, did you see? I got, I'm going to show you my picture of the 12-point buck that I got, that I shot. Not going to matter. You know, all those things are fun, and we enjoy them and enjoy life. And I'm not saying not to do those things. Those are great. That's great. But we are so temporary-minded in this earth when we're walking in this earth. You know, when you're spraying your hair, ladies, I can't spray them. I don't have any. But when you're spraying your hair, ladies, and, and uh, what do you do? You spray it, and, and all of a sudden that vapor is gone, right? Well, that, you know, the Bible says that that's what our life is, that our life is like a vapor, and it's here for today, and then it's gone, right? I can remember when I was 12 years old, 15 years old, and that was just a few years ago. I'm 50 now, 51, going to be 52 on my next birthday in July, but it just seems like it was so quick, right? When I was 10 years old and enjoying different things, right? This life is just such a, like I said, such a vapor. And I sometimes listen to country music, and I don't throw stones at me because I listen to country music sometimes. And I listen to country music that don't have the drinking beer and the uh, carousing and adultery and all that. If it says something like that, I turn it and I change it to a different station. Not often, but just every once in a while. Do y'all remember that song? And I'm going to see if you listen to country music. But do you remember that song, Don't Blink? Just like that, you're six years old, and you take a nap, and then you're 25, and then, uh, then it talks about 100 years goes faster than you think. We have a, a young lady here that's, I hope she doesn't whip me when I say this, but she's going to be 96 in July. Thank God. And she is still coming to church, praise God. She could be in the house and thinking, you know, I'd rather stay in the house today. But thank God she is still coming to church and being picked up, being here, being faithful at here on Sunday, at Sunday school at 9 o'clock in the morning, praise God. She was at uh, our seniors. We had a senior trip, went to Lake Teocotta the other day. And she was just eating with us and just having a great time, just enjoying herself. Well, we could probably ask her. It seems like it's just 
goes by real, real quickly. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5 through 8, Paul says, But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Now, we are going to suffer for the, for the Lord. The Bible says that to crucify our flesh daily. But every time that you crucify yourself daily and, and uh, live for the Lord, thank God there's great benefits and there's great reward. Work at, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who are eagerly look forward to his appearing. He had a faithful run, didn't he, in his, his life? You know, he had to start a race. You have to start a race before you can finish it, right? But in the middle there, sometimes we want to give up. Sometimes we want to quit when we're, maybe we want to quit. But thank God, don't quit. Don't give up because glory to God, God has great plans and great things for you when you're in heaven and great rewards for you as you're faithful to him. Pastor uh, Bob the other day gave me a great compliment and just blessed me. He didn't say, David, you're mighty talented and, and uh, you can sing so great and, and all of these things. Why did y'all laugh back there? I am talented. He didn't say you are so great and talented. But you know what he said? He said, David, I can always count on you. I thought, praise God. You know, wouldn't it, it's bad to be talented and, and uh, not be able to be counted on. I've known some folks like that, that they can play and they can sing and they can do all these things, but can you count on them? Can God count on you? Are you faithful to him and what God has called you to do? God, each one in here has talents. Each one of you has gifts that God has given you. God has called every one of you to a, a job to do before him. And we appreciate each one that does whatever they're doing for the Lord. Again, we will receive rewards for what God has called you to do, not for what you decide you want to do, right? And it's not like this, like a Christian career day, that like in high school, and you go and you check it out, and you think, man, this has some good benefits. This is something that I like, and this is something that I want to do. And, and uh, yeah, pastoring, that sounds kind of neat. Uh, you know, you don't have to work but three hours a week, you know, and, and uh, just uh, say a, a few good things on a Sunday morning, and, and then the rest is just coasting by. I mean, that sounds good. Or, you know, I want to be a school teacher. A school teacher, you know, they get two weeks off for Christmas and summer break and spring break, and, and they get benef good benefits and good uh, things like that. Oh, that's awesome. You know, is that what God's going to say? He's, is he going to look at you and, and say, oh, that, I'm so glad that you got all these benefits and, and all of that? Not if you were not supposed to be a teacher, right? He's going to look at you and all those works as a teacher is going to be burned up. It's kind of sobering when you think about it. 
I don't want you to get kind of too solemn. But think about it. Your life is going to be gone before you know it. And he will let you know what he wants you to do. You know, God has called some to be pastors, some to be teachers, some to be prophets, some to be apostles, some to be evangelists, some to be uh, businessmen, some to be nurses, some to be doctors, school teachers, truck drivers, uh, working in government. Some of these called to be uh, politicians, mechanics, singers in public, right? Don't be a singer in public if you can't sing. We used to... <laughs> My mom would get on to me sometimes. There was this, there was this, I grew up in church most of my life, and, and uh, there was this lady in the choir, amazing grace, and boy, she's singing loud. She could now sing everybody. And I'd get to laughing, and she would poke me and slap me and say, don't you laugh. So some folks need to sing uh, in the shower, you know, driving down the road, and... Uh, you can get with Mike on that. <laughs> but he has all kinds of good things for you to do if you cannot sing. But you can be blessed just as well, right? Amen. But he's called us to do so many things in this earth, in this world. There was this lady that was a secretary. You know, she would often come to me and just in tears, and she would say, well, you know, I just hate where I work. I want to be in ministry so bad. And I said, well, what's the, the big deal? And uh, she said, well, where I work, there's people that are cussing around me and, you know, telling dirty jokes. And, and uh, it just, I don't know, it just bugs me and just bothers me. Oh, I want to be in ministry so bad. But you know, people sometimes glamorize ministry. It's not just, we're not floating around here on the cloud and, and uh, just walking around going, oh, you know, all that all the time, right? <laughs> it's not like that. We're, I mean, we're in the dirt sometimes. We're in the dust sometimes. We're in all kinds of junk sometimes. So it's, it's not like that. But anyway, this lady, I would keep talking to her and just kind of uh, working with her and everything. And I said, you say you want to be in ministry. I said, you're right in the uh, great ministry where you are. She said, why do you say that? I said, because you have people all around you that don't go to church, right? Yes. You have people all around you that you say are cussing and, and uh, smoking and going out and smoking and partying and talking about their parties and stuff. And they're on the weekends and all that they do every weekend and all that, right? Yes. And I said, well, you're in ministry. You're in a great place. So tell them about Jesus. Love on them. Just show them Jesus and be sweet to them and nice to them and love on them and uh, share Jesus with them. You're in a great place. So... God has called each and every one of us to do something. What are you called to do here? If this is your first time, if you're a guest, and home folks, what has God called you to do in this place, in this house? You might think, well, you know, I'm not good at this, and I'm not good at that. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what God has called me to do. And I've heard this so many times before. People that may go through a, a bad car wreck or you know, something bad experience in their life, and they say, well, you know, God has me here for a reason. I don't know that reason, but God has me here for a reason. 
We'll talk about that in just a minute. Don't continue to say that. Know that he's called you and believe that he'll show you what he's called you to do. I'm going to talk about for the next uh, few minutes how to know what God has called you, what called you into what to do. One is that you got to make sure that you pray. You spend time with the Lord. As you spend time with the Lord, talking to him in his presence, he'll show you what to do, what to do for the rest of your life, and what to do in this church, what to do where you are planted. Ask him, listen to him, spend time in his presence. When Back when I was uh, 15, 16, and not living right, doing my own thing and drinking and partying and all that type stuff, every time that I would get close to the Lord, every time that I would pray and just really get close to Him, it was like that He was showing things to me, revealing things to me. And I would run away. I said, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, so then I would get quiet a little bit, you know, and I start getting close to the Lord, and, and uh, He would tell me the same thing. And, and I would go back, and I'd think, well, no, I don't want to do that. But thank God He uh, kept on dealing with me kept on working with me, kept on talking to me, and I kept on listening. And thank God, I'm so glad for what God has called me to do. I'm glad to be in the place that I am. Don't, like I said, don't say anymore, well, you know, I, I don't really know what God's called me to do. Say what the Word of God says and speak what the Word of God says, that it says in Psalms, that it says that my steps are ordered of the Lord. It also says in Philippians chapter 1, it says that he that began a good work in me will complete it. So be believing and thanking God that, and saying, Lord, I thank you. If you're not 100% sure with the specific call, start saying, Lord, I thank you that you show me where you want me to be, that you show me what you want me to do with my life. Whether it's be a teacher, whether it's be a pastor, whether it's be a truck driver, whether it's be a nurse, all of these things. Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll be obedient unto you. Right? When you say that, when you say, Lord, I'll be obedient unto you. He may call you to Africa, but he may call you to Hawaii. Amen. He may call you to your neighbor, right? So don't, sometimes people think, well, if, oh, if I surrender unto God, he may call me to be a missionary in, in the Amazon jungles. Well, if he does, thank God and he'll give you grace for that, right? But whatever he's called you to do and whatever he's called you to do, oh, there'll be a happiness, there'll be a joy, there'll be a peace, and praise God, you'll just be happy about it. Amen. That doesn't mean that you won't be, not have trouble days and difficulties and, and uh, things like that. But thank God, you'll be having that peace that you know that you're in the place that you're supposed to be. Another way to know where you're supposed to be is read the Bible. Two basic, easy things. Pray, read the Bible, right? And as we read the Bible, as we spend time in the Word of God, God will tell us things and show us things that we're to do. And lots of times He'll tell you in the Bible what to do, and He will see that you are faithful, and He'll be more specific with what He wants you to do, with what He's called you to do. Be faithful at church. He's called us to do that, right? So be faithful at church. He's called us to tithe, so give tithes, give offerings, helping anywhere that you can help. 
witnessing, sharing Jesus with people, discipling, all of these different things. You read it in the Word, you read it in the, in the Bible, and He will show you the different things that we need to do. So be obedient to the things that you read, and uh, He'll show you more, and He'll reveal more unto you. Well, you know, I, I just don't have a burden sometimes to, you know, to witness to everybody, you know. I don't really have a burden, you know, and, and just maybe a calling in that area. Uh, maybe John or maybe Susie, they can, you know, speak a lot better than I can. But, but you know, it, it's just not me. I'm just kind of shy. I, I can't really uh, talk to everybody, you know. No excuse. You can't tell that to me. I'll give you some stories. And it's also like this. I know some of you have heard this story before, but I grew up on a farm, and I had older brothers and sisters, and they went to college, and when they left for college, guess whose turn it was and job it was to do a lot of the farming stuff when they left? Mine and my dad's. So at age 12, we fed the hogs, and we fed chickens, we milked the cow, we fed a couple of horses, fed the dogs, and, and uh, helped build fences. Hauled hay, worked in the garden, helped cut and load firewood, build fires. And, and uh, when my dad was working as a fireman every other day on the base. Now, my dad, he didn't stand there or sit me down and say, Now, David, do you feel comfortable doing uh, these things? Or do you have a burden doing this or doing the other? And I sat back and looked at him and said, Yeah, Daddy, I... I have a burden, and I feel like I just want to feed the chickens and the dogs, but I don't want to do all the other stuff. If I had, I'd have been in big trouble. I know some of you have heard this story, but I'll try to tell it, tell it real quick. But uh, back uh, during that time when my dad was going to work every other day, like I said, one of my jobs was to feed the horses. So uh, I came up with some good, I thought, good lives. And uh, one day he came to me and he said, David, have you been feeding those horses? And I said, yes, sir. And uh, he said, well, I noticed the feed is not going down. And I thought, hmm, well, that don't work. So uh, just telling him, yes, sir. So uh, I started getting the food and putting it in this five-gallon bucket and, and uh, going about 100 yards a little farther, way out in the, in the woods, and I started pouring this feed out. You might think, well, do you hate horses? I didn't hate horses, okay? I like horses. But uh, you get out there in the field with them, and they're running, and they're jumping, and they're about to kick you. And I uh, thought, man, I don't know if I want to get kicked today. So uh, I uh, tell him, he asked me again. He said, David, you been feeding those horses? I don't know, about a, two or three weeks later, a month later or something. I said, yes, sir. I've been feeding those horses. And uh, he said, well, I've been finding the feed out in the woods. So guess what? At 14, I had my, you know, in country, we just have shorts on, don't have a, you're, you're barefooted and you uh, don't have your shirt on. And he had a belt. And uh, he was coming around there and, and uh, getting me pretty good in my hind side. And, and I was twirling and, and uh, trying to get away and, and uh, hitting my back. And I said, oh, you hit me in the back. 
And they said, you better be still then. So from then on, I didn't give him any problem with feeding the horses. Now, do you think Jesus, do you think he's going to be sitting there on the throne? Or he's sitting there right now and he says to you, to, you, to me, well, if you don't feel comfortable, you know, with witnessing to your neighbor, if you don't feel comfortable about maybe going to the rough side of town or going to the rich side of town, that's okay, that's fine. I don't think so. I don't know if he has a belt after you. He does correct us, right? And he does want us to be obedient unto him. And is we're obedient unto him and he says to go into all the world and to preach the gospel with that command that he's told us to he'll give us more specifics and he gave me more specifics as i was following his word as i was praying and as i was talking to him and i said lord uh, i remember i was working at kroger when i was 16 years old well they had a kroger here so i was working at kroger and i thought no i don't want to do that and this manager was saying well you know you can be up and uh, you know and now you can follow Kroger around. I thought, no, I don't want to be a Kroger man. I want to be a grocery store man. And so I went to work in uh, uh, this oil company, and I worked for this oil company for a while, and there was just something on the inside, and I thought, no, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to be. Mm, but, you know, money sometimes talks, and money sometimes uh, talks to your mind and your uh, emotions and everything, and but I thought, you know, uh, I can get a job at Delco. Delco was a good place back then here in Meridian. And I thought, you know, I can get a good job at Delco. But there was still something missing on the inside. And, and uh, I knew what it was, but I didn't want to surrender. I didn't want to really surrender my uh, all into him. But I had a love and compassion for God and a love and a compassion for people. And the Lord kept working on my heart. I want you in pastoral ministry. But I said, God... I can't do that. I, I don't want to do that. And, and I would have kept, kept running. But whatever he's called you to do, whatever God has placed in your heart, he has given you the grace to do the call, right? The grace to do whatever he has called you to do. I would have never, ever, ever, ever picked this job for myself if it hadn't been for the Lord. I was a very shy, quiet type person. I remember when I was, I don't know, a teenager calling girls, and uh, I would say, well, is Sally there? And, and uh, or, can I speak to Sally? Or I didn't know Sally, but can I speak to Sally? Yes, and uh, she went to the phone, and I'd hang up, because I'd be scared. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Can't do that nowadays, because they can call you back and say, what are you doing hanging up on me, right? But I was afraid. I wouldn't take... I would take zeros for oral book reports during English and, and all of my different classes. I would make so good. There was only one oral book report that I did, and that was as a senior, and she put it so that you had to uh, do it or you were going to fail the class. So I got up and, and uh, shook around, and, and uh, I did it. I never wanted to sing in front of people. I know Pastor Bob kind of laughs about the guy that uh, he says, well, uh, he asked somebody to, will you close the service out in prayer? And some guy says, well, I'll pass. And I, I was that type of person. I'll pass. I, I don't want to pray in public. 
but thank God for the grace and the anointing. And the Lord will show you. I remember as I was, the Lord was working on me, and, and I was talking to him, and, and I say, you no, know, and I asked him, well, there's a guy down the road named Steve that, that he does, uh, I mean, he can talk a lot better than I can, and, and uh, he can do this, and he's very popular. Everybody likes him. Why don't you call Steve? And uh, the Lord wouldn't call Steve, so he kept pointing back at me and, and looking back at me. And I remember as I was, the Lord said, I want you to read about Moses. So I started reading about Moses, and do you remember Moses? He said, you know, God, I, I can't uh, bring all these people out of, out of the land. He said, I can't even talk. He said, I stutter. I, I, I can't do that. And uh, the Lord kept telling him, he said, well, who made your mouth? Who is the one that created you? Who is the one that formed you? And then he finally obeyed the Lord. And then I said, okay, Lord. And, uh, and then he turned me over to John. If you remember John, John chapter 21, the last chapter where Peter, he had forsaken the Lord and he had um, cussed. And he said, I'm, I don't even know the man. But Jesus was talking to him, and he looked at him, and he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. And uh, he said, well, feed my sheep. And the Lord kept doing that to me. He said, David, do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord, but I don't want to do this. <laughs> and he said, David, do you love me? He asked that to Peter the three times. He said, David, do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord. And then I said, okay, oh, Lord, I will. I'll be obedient unto you. Like I said, I, I didn't like to sing in front of people. I remember, I don't know, back several years ago, I've had the opportunity to uh, be a chaplain as a hospice, uh, hospice chaplain and praying with people in their homes and ministering to people as they're going home to be with the Lord. And there is this lady, and I would always sing. I don't know, I probably sing two or three hundred times a week because I would go in these houses and I would sing and I would sing and I would sing, singing these old hymns and oh, they would love it. And any time I wanted to leave without singing, they'd say, well, you're not going to sing us a song? I was holding this lady's hand and the family said, would you sing to her? And as she was going home to be with the Lord, I was singing, when we all get to heaven. <laughs> That's good. You might think, well, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to be around dying people, but that was good to me. That was good to the Lord, and I was so happy to be able to hold her hand and worship and singing and all the family singing. Praise God. Glory to God. You know, this next thing, you'll never be happy doing anything else. You may never write a book. You may never preach a sermon out loud. But you're preaching sermons all the time, whether you know it or not. You may never lead music. You may never teach a Sunday school class. But God has called you and asked him, Lord, how can I be used for you? The best in your kingdom for you. Are you faithful? There was a lady that I was heard of on Kayla that she was 84 years old. And she had been teaching Sunday school, fifth and sixth graders, since she was 14 in that same church I thought wow what faithfulness 
for 70 years. He's going to receive big rewards teaching fifth and sixth graders. Thank God. Evangelist Charles Finney, back in the 1800s, there was what was called the Second Great Awakening, a great revival that, that took place. But there was a man that was there that nobody ever saw. His name was John Nash. He didn't write any books. He didn't sing any songs. But he was an intercessor. And he would pray and he would pray and he would pray for hours and hours and hours. He would pray days, weeks, before Charles Finney would even get there. And the same, he's, Charles Finney, he's going to receive his reward for what he did. But he's not going to receive any greater reward than the one that was behind the scene praying and interceding like John Nash. It's going to be to what you are faithful that you are called to do, right? It's not going to be how many people that you won exactly to the Lord, but it's going to be what God has called you to do. Millions of people have heard Billy Graham. And thousands and thousands have been saved, we know, through his ministry. And he will receive his reward, and he has been faithful. Bill Banks, he's not here today. But Bill Banks, that has never preached a sermon publicly, that as far as I know, has never sang a solo. But he has been faithful to this church for over 50 years. And when he comes on Wednesday nights, a lot of times he, it's kind of, the crowds are bothering him at this time. But he comes on Wednesday night, You'll look at him, and he'll have both hands lifted like this. With tears down his eyes, he's worshiping. He's glorifying God. He can't remember the songs. He doesn't even hardly know the songs. He's trying to read them. But you know, his reward, because he was obedient to what God had called him to do, will be just like Billy Graham's. So what are you called to do? What does the Lord put in your heart? Be obedient unto him. Listen to him. I thank you, Lord. You know, the best thing that can be said unto you, when you stand before the Lord, and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We would like to invite you to be a part of FAM's ministry. God has given each of us so much. It is our desire not only to give back, but to inspire others to do the same. To give online, head over to our website and press the giving button, or text the amount to 601-621-4632. Again, if you have any questions or comments, check out our website or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.